Welcome to SimCast, the higher education simulation podcast. My name's Lawrence Hill, and I'm the chair of the simulation group in the School of Health Sciences at UEA Norwich. Hello, everyone. My name's Tony Jeremy, and I'm the academic lead for simulation-based education here at UEA Norwich. Today, we are joined by a special guest. Uh, Dave, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Good afternoon. I'm Dave Stewart. It's a pleasure to be joining you this afternoon. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, today, Dave. It's really good to have you on. Um, today's episode of SimCast is looking at the, an on-site simulation that we performed with your company uh, and its benefits and, uh, you know, in terms of understanding factors that influence safety and reliability in complex systems. And what we're going to do is we're going to unpack these simulation events that we ran with your company um, based around uh, our site model, which stands for Surroundings, Information, Team and Environment. If you enjoyed the video, please give us a like. Equally so, if you don't like the video, give us a dislike, but let us know in the comments why, because we're always keen to improve. To keep up to date with more things sim, please hit the subscribe button and don't forget to check that notification bell. So before we get into uh, sort of really debriefing Dave on this, it's probably important that we give a little bit of context and yeah. background in terms of what we mean by an in-situ simulation. Yeah, so we have a a um, consultancy business that we run alongside the, the university here at UEA. And what we do is we go into industries and we basically test their response to a, a, a health and safety incident. So a, a, a relatively large organisation like the one that Dave works for uh, should have some health and safety at work trained staff. And what we do is we, we provide a simulated event in the in the workplace mm. for these people to then respond and react to and we've run two exercises with dave's company yes, one we have. was in a in a warehouse where we had a, a packaging collapse on on some pallets and the second one was based around um some injuries from a fire in the in the um, print ink mixing department yeah lots of flammable materials in there right so yeah. um so can you set the scene a little bit for us, Dave? Like, What kind of size company is it uh, and what's your role in that organisation? Okay. We are a small to medium-sized business based in Norwich, um, but we're part of a larger group. And the larger group is a, a worldwide corporation with locations across the whole planet. Um, my role within the company, um, my job title is Non-Conformance and Incident Manager, uh, that means that my job is to make sure people work safely. Um, they arrive at work, they don't have any accidents, and they go home safely. And I'm also allowed to in uh, investigate any incident that happens in the workplace. Right, okay. And so why did you, why were you interested in mm. the idea of a, an on-site or in-situ simulation taking place at the company you work for? Um, I've done some work previously at the university working alongside both of you in the paramedic science and I'm aware that you used to do um, simulations with the fire brigade um, and you probably did those annually and they were always m very much the same. Uh, I was aware that we probably had a, a, an opportunity within my company to do something different so we could get the paramedic students in there uh, and to simulate workplace injuries. Mm. Uh, and the first one that came to mind was having two massive one-ton reels of film um, drop off a warehouse as if they'd been hit by a forklift driver the other side um, and would crush two visitors into the warehouse. 
um, and I've approached you initially to see if you thought that would would work. Um, you thought it would. I went back to the company directors, had a word with them to see if they thought that was a good idea. Uh, they loved it. Um, didn't really think about it too much. Just took my word for it that it would work, <laughs> which which worried me immensely. Uh, and then from then we uh, went ahead and designed and worked out how we was going to plan the simulation. Yeah, that's right. Because originally it was going to be a learning exercise, wasn't it, for, yeah. for paramedic students? And then the more we talked about that, the more we realised it was probably not an appropriate environment to bring them into. And it was kind of, you know, it was a re reasonably hazardous workplace environment with forklifts mm. moving and, you know, things like that. So, so I was, I have to say that I was so impressed with the, the, the company's mentality towards this. What yeah. we were basically saying was we're going to run a simulation and it might not go according to plan. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the, from a director level, they were like, okay, let's find yeah. out. And yeah. that's us work it out. From, from our point of view as educationalists, that's exactly what we want sometimes is for simulation to not go as intended. So yeah. we can, particularly from a, as, a, as a diagnostic tool, we can kind of then tease out what those problems are. But I would imagine a lot of companies would feel a little bit cagey about yeah. potentially being put under the microscope, as it were. Yeah. My other concern was that um, the company director didn't want anyone else in the company to be made aware of this, not even my other, the other managers, not even my own personal manager, yeah. who was the health and safety manager. Um, and we had to plan it in secret, and you guys were brilliant at doing that. Um, but the other factor that concerned me was, would staff, the first aiders, would they treat it seriously, hmm. or knowing that it was a simulation exercise... Would they just sort of half partake in the event? Yeah. Um, and so when I actually stumbled across the simulation in when it was going live, I was delighted to see that everyone was taking it so seriously that you had to look twice to think, actually, have we got a real casualty down there? Because the first aiders were really involved and, and it wasn't a training exercise. They were treating it as mm. if it was a real life incident. Yeah, and, and we'll definitely come back to that because there were some unintended uh, outcomes of that. But also we'll come back to this this idea that it was the company really wanted it to be a surprise because yeah. we, we had some negotiation around that, around a minimum level of disclosure. But we're definitely going to come back to that later in, in this podcast. So before we get into the sort of main event of this episode, which is unpacking those events in that simulation and your perspective, um, we, we actually set out to... Um, we negotiated, didn't we, some kind of intended learning outcomes for the event. Yeah. And, and these were to understand how the company workers respond to a sudden serious incident involving the injury of multiple staff members following a fire. This is for the second simulation. To assess the risk to business continuity in the event of a serious incident. To judge the efficacy of workplace health and safety response, including procedural compliance to a serious incident and to identify opportunities for workplace improvement and to promote the adoption of a safety culture. So those, those learning outcomes, they really, they, they focus on different areas, don't they? They look at the individuals, like the, the, the people who are trained to do health and safety in the workplace, but they also look at things like business continuity, because mm -hmm. if you're running a big organisation or a business, you know, having a, a serious incident and then taking part of your business offline or not being able to, you know, get some kind of output is potentially serious for the company as well, isn't mm. it? So it was interesting from our point of view, which we're traditionally kind of more healthcare focused. Yeah. To look at that. To think about business that, continuity. That business continuity side of things. So yeah. with those in mind, to what extent, 
and in what ways do you think the on-site insight simulation that we ran with your company allowed the meeting of those intended learning outcomes? I think the, the the first observation and perhaps the most surprising for everyone in the company was just how good our first aiders were. Mm. Um, they do their, their initial training. Annually, they go back and do refresher training. But it's all in theory, as, as every first mm. aid training course mm. is. They've never been subjected to a live exercise. So they were untested in a live environment. Um, we were wondering how they were going to react because although we're based in one site in Norwich, we're in three separate areas and each area has its own first aiders. Mm-hmm. And there's almost like a little click in each unit. And sometimes you need more than one unit to come to an emergency. And we were puzzled how effective our first aiders would be. Um, I think everyone was surprised, even the first aiders themselves were surprised, just how much their training kicked in when it was needed and how they all responded together. Um, the, the outcome of that is that um, the first aiders felt more comfortable. Um, they felt that if there was going to be a real-life incident, they were better geared up for it. Um, funny enough, the workforce felt more comfortable because they were surrounded by first aiders and fire marshals who were being clearly tested in the performance of their duties mm. and had come up and were outstanding. And it also gave management a sense of relief that all that money that they'd invested in doing all these training courses had paid dividends. Mm. We, we had an effective um, response team. Um, we, as a company, were not too concerned in the simulation by business continuity. Now, a lot of our companies would be, mm-hmm. and it's good that Onsite Insight um, has the, the experience to be able to provide advice in that area. But from the point of view when I arranged our simulation, it was purely to test our first aiders. So business continuity, continuity is important, but we didn't look for it in our particular simulation. Sure. We were delighted that our health and safety procedures kicked in. So as soon as our personnel knew the names of some of those that had been injured, they were off into the office, getting out their um, personal records, looking for that person's name, checking to see if they had any medical conditions that we needed to be aware of, Mm. uh, and also checking for the names of their emergency contacts Mm. that if we needed to make contact with them. So it had all been done in theory before. We'd never actually needed to test it. But when it came to it, everything there worked perfectly well. I was I was particularly impressed with that day because one of the things that we learned from the first exercise to the second, in the first exercise, we just had two people come in and they were injured. One of the first things your staff did was check the attendance record and recognise that these people hadn't been signed in and they were really hot on that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we learned from that. And in the second uh, exercise, we had to put our... Uh, our actors and also one of the mannequins in as a as a visitor because we knew how hot they were with that that protocol so i'm really really impressed with that yeah yeah that did work well so in in the round then you know notwithstanding the fact that business continuity was a sort of secondary or sort of tertiary objective to understand that from a company's perspective you were you know you were you were happy really that that we'd met those or that the company had met those intended learning outcomes over the course of that simulation we, we weren't happy we were absolutely delighted mm. um but other uh, um benefits that we received from that is watching our workforce our workforce didn't all run to the scene of the simulation and get in the way of the first aiders the workforce knew that something was going on 
they carried on about their business and kept a healthy distance away. Um, we didn't have to occupy our first aiders and the paramedics. We we're trying to do like crowd control, yeah. for want uh, of a yeah. better expression. Um, and there was there was other bits and pieces that I noticed, which um, were kind of self-organised in terms of that emergency response. So when the decision was made to phone for emergency services, and it's important that we should say at this stage that in the unlikely event of a genuine 999 call being made by someone in the simulation, rather than calling the contact that I had on my phone, which was for one of our team for that mm. emergency call, in the event that there w was a inadvertent 999 call made, I, before the event, had contacted the emergency operations centres for the emergency services and notified them that an exercise was taking place to make sure that they didn't, our simulation didn't cause a real impact on yeah. um, emergency preparedness. But when that when they'd made that decision to, to make that call, there was lots of things that happened. So there was essentially like a daisy chain of staff members. One went to the uh, the roadside, one went to the door of the, the warehouse to direct people through. There mm. was there was this kind of that wasn't in the training, right? That was self-organized emergency response, which was really interesting to see. Yeah, I was, su I was surprised and shocked because we had people all over the estate ready on the lookout for an ambulance. Um, and we'd never told people to do that or trained yeah. them. Um, they just took it upon themselves that that's what they were going to go yeah. and do. Part, and part of the simulation that we run is we provide actors and confederates to play the role of paramedics yeah. or the fire yeah. service to, again, uh, increase that authenticity we haven't quite got the budget for an ambulance or a fire engine <laughs> Not yet. yet. Not yet. But but we have people Working turning up as paramedics with proper simulation equipment so that we can simulate a cardiac arrest scenario or a, um, a, a, a deteriorating patient. And again, this, the interaction between your staff and those professionals was really, really profound and powerful in yeah. terms of what I would say the professionalism of your staff mm. and, and their approach to that sort of uh, first aid at work. Was, was really, really, really good. It yeah. was. And and talking of the staff's response to first aid at work situations, um, after that first simulation event took place, you actually had a medical emergency at work, um, didn't you? Yeah. Are you prepared to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, certainly. Um, one of our colleagues um, sadly passed away in, in the office. Um, we could suspect that something was wrong by looking at him. We asked him if he wanted an ambulance. Um, quite surprised that he said, yes, I would like one, because we thought we'd fight against it. Um, we called for an ambulance. Um, they, they said that it would take four hours before they could get to him. Um, we appealed to them saying that we think this is a potential heart attack just about to happen. Is there any chance that you could speed that up? And they said, oh, we'll see what we can do. Um, whilst that was going on, uh, we called in first aiders to come to the office um, just to make sure that everything was going to be okay. Uh, as long as bring, as well as bringing in the first aiders, um, we brought up the defibrillator just to be ready. Um, we moved my colleague to an area of the office where there was plenty of room that if we did have to put him on the floor and work on him, um, we were prepared that we had a, a working space to do all of that. Um, sadly, um, the, the colleague had a, a fatal heart attack then and there uh, and, and fell to the floor. Um, within seconds, um, we'd had a defib on him. Um, we were doing chest compressions and we kept that going. Um, and eventually, 
we ended up with three ambulances turning up on site, two rapid response vehicles, a first aider on a bike, and the air ambulance. We couldn't have had any more medical aid coming to the scene. Um, and the post-mortem revealed that our colleague was never, ever going to survive it. As soon as the heart attack struck, um, he was instantly dead. So if it had happened inside a hospital, um, he wouldn't have survived it. The, 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 if there is any benefit that came from that, it was watching how our first aiders all responded as one single unit. Um, we'd learnt some lessons about how to communicate better across the three sites to get all the first aiders to an emergency quickly. Uh, and that worked within seconds. We had people um, running up the stairs to the office. Um, all of them um, acted without any need for any prompting. Yeah, in the chest compressions, the first aiders were doing a short spell. Someone else was jumping in, they were doing a short spell. We didn't have to tell them what to do, they just did it. Um, and we were surprised that some of them were more dominant and happy to do the unpleasant tasks. Mm -hmm. And for the example, what was clearing vomit out of the airway, they didn't hesitate to do that, they just cleared it. They tried to use the breathing tube. They, they struggled with that. So they actually went mouth to mouth um, with no regard for their own personal safety. Everyone knitted together. Um, and once the, the paramedics started pouring in, into our office, all of the first aiders just stood outside and, and just waited for, for news as to see what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, we're you know very sorry to hear that that happened in your workplace. And it's, it's you know, it's obviously very sad for that person and their family. Um and the response of the responders really is a, is a credit to them. Mm. Um, but do you think that the simulation that we that we ran with you in the weeks prior to that taking place had any Im influence at all on the way the team responded? Totally, totally. Um, changed the whole outlook. Um, if the heart attack hadn't been fatal right at the outset, I'm convinced that our first aiders would have saved him. We were there in seconds with a, of a defib doing chest compressions. We had a total of nine first aiders working on him. Um, you, you, and, and they knitted as one team of nine people. There was no one standing there with their hands in the pockets wondering what to do. Mm. Um, but also work colleagues had learnt from the simulation and we had people outside the building um, looking for an ambulance. We even had one person half a mile away at the entrance to the industrial site was going to direct an ambulance if they arrived on the site. Mm. Um, and they weren't told to do that. Everyone just jumped into place. The, the first aiders worked as a team only because they'd had the experience of doing the simulation exercise. They were one team of nine people. Well, I mean, that's 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 great to hear. And I'm, I'm sure some of it was was on them, but, you know, very happy uh, that we have contributed in some way to, even if it didn't help to have a good outcome for that um, chap, that it allowed the team to know mm. that they had done everything that they could. Mm. And, and not just the team, um, my colleague's family, who wanted an update at the funeral as to what had happened, had our colleagues suffered, were there any problems? And we was able to go there and, and convince them that within seconds we had defib attached, we had chest compressions going, mm. he didn't suffer. That There couldn't have been any more medical help that we could have provided for him within our company. It gave them peace of mind and satisfaction as well. Mm. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So Dave, I'm just going to rewind a little bit because you mentioned a few things about getting a defib nice and early at the actual event that happened. Um, following the first event that we did with the, the packaging collapse in the warehouse, what changes, if any, were made as a response to the, the, the simulation event? And how do you think, if at all, that might have influenced what actually then happened subsequently with your with your real event? All right. One of the um, lessons that we learned from the first simulation was to how to improve the communication between our first aiders. Um, we developed a WhatsApp group um, where we can have an emergency situation. Anyone who is a first aider, fire marshal, mm -hmm. or a relevant manager can hit that WhatsApp group uh, and summon aid immediately to where we are. That worked perfectly well in the case of my colleague, and it also worked perfectly well when we did the second simulation. Mm -hmm. We haven't just created that WhatsApp group and sort of crossed our fingers and hope that it works. We actually use dummy emergencies to test the procedure. So we all go to quite obscure places within our building and almost like hide and then do the WhatsApp group. Yeah. And we time how long it takes people to, to get over to us. Uh, and from my point of view, I, I, I remember one emergency, a, a dummy emergency was happening, and I had people running past me um, to get to the scene of the supposed emergency. Um, and I thought, this is incredible. I've never seen people running this company before. <laughs> and then there was a WhatsApp group kicked off, and people are actually running up and down the road to get there as quick as possible. So, so that kind of responsiveness and that... Um work ethic towards attending to these things as quickly as possible came as a result of that simulation. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think because our first aiders and fire marshals have enjoyed the simulations, they now look forward to it that when it is a dummy emergency, they almost feel a little bit disappointed <laughs> because they was hoping they was going to really sort of get their teeth into something. So the, um, so the simulation... Oh, sorry. Let me cut you off. Everyone takes all of this now so seriously, yeah. right. which they probably wouldn't have done previously. And uh, so that's that's really interesting to hear how the simulation kind of affects the team, oh, you know, yeah. and, and also the kind of information systems that surround it, you know, the communication strategies. Um, did the, the team generate any ideas about how to change the surroundings um, of the of the company to, to make things safer or more effective in the event of an emergency? Not so much the team, but I have to give you guys credit. You gave us uh, a valuable tip, and that is where we positioned our first aid boxes. Um, you made a recommendation that we should put them near the entrance exit doors, which on the face of it, you wonder why. But when we did the fire simulation and everyone had charged out the building as quick as possible and we realised that we had casualties outside of the building mm. and we needed a first aid box, it was surprising the natural reaction of first aiders was say, I know where that is, I'll go back in the building and get it. And we had to say, no, you can't because the building's on fire. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Um, it's such a simple piece of advice that you'd given us but we'd never thought of that before. Yeah. And and we'd never have come up with that idea. And that, that I think is simulation kind of reflecting work as done, isn't it? Like yeah. if you if yeah. you if you have people lying on the floor who need medical attention and the building's on fire, we all know that the regulations say you don't go back in. Yeah. But if your colleague needs urgent attention, you'd be like, How close is it? Yeah. Yeah. Can but, I reach yeah. it? E equally yeah. so, this is the power of what we were, would refer to as in-situ simulation. So doing it on, on the site like we did. Yeah. Unless you test it in the real-life environment, you sometimes don't flesh out these problems like, 
oh, the first aid kit is in the wrong place or it's not clearly labelled or where's the nearest defibrillator, those yeah. kind of things. Mm. Yeah. But you see, all the first aid training that the guys have done and that we sort of supervisors, managers, no one has ever mentioned that before. It was only you guys that gave us that idea. And then we think that is such yeah, a I, that, simple and brilliant idea. That's the difference between doing your training in a classroom setting yeah. and then actually experiencing it in a, in a real world setting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. totally agree. So talking of um, the, the kind of the equipment, is there, is there anything else that's changed as a result of the, um, the simulation? So did you do anything else differently now in terms of the equipment that you have on site? We've ordered a third defibrillator. Um, we had two, um, and they were across three sites. The sites are all joined together. Um, but as a result of the simulation, we decided that really we, we needed a, a third one. Mm. Um, and within days, a third one was on site. Um, every, all were the same. We've gone for the same make and model, so every first aider is proficient in how to use it. Apart from that, we didn't really make many other changes. Well, I think we, we have a, a high culture of looking after health and safety. Mm. Um, and, and the simulation pointed out some things that we needed to improve or we could improve, but it also verified mm. that what we were doing uh, already was the correct procedure. We didn't have to change everything or implement something new. You almost come along and said, yeah, you're doing a good job, keep doing and that. that. That was very reassuring for us. We, de- we did quite a bit of planning beforehand. So just to get, again, to give some context, once we've done those kind of initial conversations with the company and yourself, we do an on-site visit where we come and look at the the environment yeah. so we can kind of tease out and work out how we think the simulation is going to run. We'll clear it with you. We'll, we'll talk about what a, a typical injury might be or, or, or what a likely, or what, likely what scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we do a lot of planning. And part of that is looking at the fact that because we're going into uh, an alien environment for us, there is a lot of potential for things to go wrong. So we try and yeah. mitigate that as, as much as possible. And, um, you know, part of that is looking at the surroundings and, and, and the layout and the information and, and to try and mitigate risk as, as yeah. much as possible, I think. Yeah. And that was, that was the, the, the planning was quite an involved process, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of steps that we, that we went through and it was worth it after that site visit in terms of coordinating it like we would do for any other simulation event, trying to make it feel as real as possible. But that took a bit of work, didn't it? So yeah. tell us tell us a bit about what um, how we worked together to, to mm. curate that experience. Well, for the first simulation, I was quite impressed that um, you would keep coming over to our location uh, out of normal office hours so that <laughs> yeah. no one could see what you was doing. It's that cafe around the corner. It sells really <laughs> yeah. good bacon rolls, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, be- because strangers really stand out in their location because yeah. health and safety yeah. and making sure that we know who's about. Um, so we, we had to sneak you guys into the warehouse, um, sort of almost like under the cover of darkness, um, <laughs> so that no one would be... a cover story, didn't we? Yeah, no one would be sort of surprised why you was there. Um, and that made it um, even more interesting when we came to do the second simulation because you guys made such a favourable impression that everyone recognised you. They, they know you now. They know what you look like. They know your yeah. names. Cover is blown. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's finished. <laughs> we couldn't sign you in for the second time. We couldn't sign you in um, by your own names. Um, and we had to sort of think of different excuses, how to get you in and move you around. 
And I remember when we went to the, the print store, um, a lot of those guys hadn't seen you before and we always like surrounded you with managers mm. so that people couldn't see you and think, you know, we need to look here and you need to look there. Um, and, and you guys were brilliant at that. You know, you, you would work with us, you'd come to whatever hours and whatever we wanted, however long we needed you to be there. You came up with your own ideas. Um, it, it, you are such a delight to work with that the simulation planning was so easy because you guys did all the hard work. Thank well, you. Very good of you yeah. to say. I mean, it was it was a hugely enjoyable and successful project, and um, we, we 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 loved it. It was it was a great piece of work. Um, but you, you're talking there a little bit about <clears throat> us trying to keep us covert, and and I think one of the conversations we had quite early on was around in terms of the planning around the disclosure mm. to to the workers. Because I think there was very much a sense, wasn't there, from the kind of company kind of directorship that this had to be a complete surprise. Yep. Um, whereas we were coming from an angle as simulation educators to say, <clears throat> we we need to brief what's going to happen in this simulation. Otherwise, this completely trashes all sense of psychological safety. And we we came to we a... We tried to meet in the middle, didn't we? Yeah, we had a compromise, didn't we, in the end? We, we had a minimum level of disclosure. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well... The, the first simulation, if you recall, it was just myself and one of the company directors. And we'd spent ages keeping it secret bet between the two of us. And no one in the company had any idea what was going on. And just a matter of weeks before we were going to go live with the simulation, you said to us, you really need to let people know that we're going to do it. And it was so alien because we'd gone for so long, <laughs> almost like talking in codes and covert meetings, right. that you now said, now tell everyone in the company what you're about to do. Yeah. So there was a little bit of resistance from our point of view, saying, are you sure? Are you sure that this is what you want to go with? Um, but we did it. We, we reached a compromise. We, we didn't sort of blow it out of all proportion. No. But we just said, be aware, there is going to be a training exercise. And Within the next three months. I think we gave a pretty broad yeah. window, yeah. didn't we? And then and then it was, what, two weeks two later? Two weeks. <laughs> we hit them after two weeks. Um, but in hindsight, it was the best advice that we could have had. Um, I don't know the reason why. Out of 100 plus people... One person claimed that he didn't get the message mm, that yeah. there was a training exercise going on. We've got no idea why he didn't know that. We we talked to, we've talked about um, this in a in a previous episode of Simcast around um, the psychological safety and yeah. about how this happened and this one worker. We'll call him Pablo. We'll call him Pablo. <laughs> stumbled across the scene and just said. How was, did this happen? Yeah, he was really shocked. Yeah. And that, part of that was the authenticity yeah. of what was happening. Yeah. We had yeah. a little bit of moulage in place and some actors, you know, making sort of genuine genuine kind of noises and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And then the paramedics sat up and he, this guy was visually shaken. Yeah. And that's, yeah. again, one of the reasons so why it, we think uh, the disclosure is so important. Disclosure is hugely important. Oh, and also yeah. I, I had to step out of facilitator role at that point and, and take him to one side and yeah. reiterate that it was um, a simulation. And then we discussed, didn't we, about ensuring that Pablo had uh, appropriate follow-up with with his line manager. Yeah. And so we were happy in the end that we'd managed to address the matter. Yeah. But it just was an unintended outcome. And and, and they often are in simulation. Mm. So mm. what what were the unintended outcomes from your perspective of the simulation? I, I think that... The, 
people trying to run back in the building was one of the things that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, is this is the exercise where the building was on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised that people were were doing that. Um, but apart from that, I don't think there was anything else that didn't go to plan. And and just going back to the disclosure before the event, I mean, we we took your advice the first time. We didn't even hesitate when we did the second simulation. Mm -hmm. We told people. But the the difference when we did it on the second time was all the first aiders were coming up to me saying, what do I need to, uh, do I need to do a refresher course? Do I need to read about this? Do I need to, give me some clues. What do I need to do? And everyone was preparing for the event. They weren't concerned that it was going to happen. They were more concerned about, have I got the right skills because people are going to be watching me? But it knitted people together. So having that Mm. disclosure beforehand Mm. worked in our favour. I mean, we could actually do that now. I could go in there and say there's going to be a simulation event, even though we haven't got one planned, and have all my first aiders basically (laughs) just coming up to speed. Does it rub? I'll be ready for it. And every three months, I could keep saying it to them. Yeah. But everyone loves I don't think that would be ethical in the end. um, (laughs) Can I I just jump in here? I think one one of the unintended outcomes for me, and, you know, we talked at the start of the the podcast about what our intended learning outcomes were with the organization but one of the unintended outcomes for me is when we did the follow-up visit after the first exercise your general manager said that people in the organization really valued the organization for putting it on it Mm -hmm. it made them feel valued as a as a a member of the workforce and a team member and I thought that was so powerful Mm -hmm. yeah that you know sometimes things are just done for the sake of it drills and exercises but they actually really saw the value of that and and that really opened my eyes up into the importance of of doing events like this yeah it really came through in the debrief didn't it and they they this this sense of this this company really cares about us for putting this on and I think for me, some of the the recommendations that that they were making in that in that debrief and the, the things that have, that have happened afterwards, like the painting of the walls, yeah, yeah. Um, to indicate where the first aid and, and the where defib- the defib yeah. and stuff was, were all suggestions from shop floor workers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to have that kind of generative approach to safety was, I mean, it was a happy consequence but oh, it was yeah. not not necessarily what, what i anticipated no the, the whole company has come together following these two simulations and just to expand a little bit about painting the walls green and red yeah, yeah. for listeners to this where we have our first aid kits and defibrillators we've painted those bits of the wall in a, a green and it goes um probably about 10 feet wide from floor to ceiling so wherever you are in any building, warehouse, or the mm. print workshop, if you see a green bit of wall, you know there's going to be a first aid kit or a defib there. We've done the same thing with our fire extinguishers, 10, 12 feet wide, floor to ceiling. If you see that, you'll know there's going to be a fire extinguisher at the such, end of it. Such a good basic safety intervention, because yeah. in that moment where your max and your bandwidth has exceeded, yeah. you can just look for the wall. You just look up. Uh, another yeah. thing which I was particularly impressed by the company was how quickly these uh, these changes and implement were, were implemented and put in place. Yeah. So we prepare a following the simulation of the event. We prepare a report and then we give you guys an opportunity to read that. And then we come in and do a follow up visit to discuss that. And by the time we'd done that and we were back on site for the follow up report, there was all already significant changes in place. And that really yeah. really impressed me how quickly those were mm. implemented. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a good health and safety policy 
with good health and safety management, I think anything is possible. Yeah. So the just just quickly on the report. So we provide. So the the exercise itself is obviously important, but what we learn from the exercise is equally as important in terms of how we then grow your industry and in your organisation to improve the health and safety. So we prepare a report using our site model. So we basically divide it into four key areas. How can we look at the surroundings that you have and make improvements? What about the information, so the policies, procedures, those kind of things of which, you know, your WhatsApp group has, has come into. Looking at the team and how they can develop and also the equipment. So when we prepared that report, how useful was that for you and your organisation? Very useful um, for two reasons. Uh, firstly, um, when we're doing the simulation, we're out in the area with you we're not necessarily making notes. We're watching mm -hmm. it, but we're not making all the copious notes that you guys are doing. Um, so when we finish the exercise, we've got to try and remember what happened. So uh, although we can remember most of it, and you said by the time that you come back for the second visit, we'd implemented most of those things, some of the big things that were easy to remember, and we implemented them straight away. But when we got your report, there's almost like serving like as a little checklist for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we didn't, we haven't picked that one up. It wasn't necessarily quite high um, importance, but we need to do it. So it's, it helped us that we had we captured everything from the simulation. So it, it didn't mean that the simulation was done and finished. Almost that like your report enabled to carry on and we could keep checking that we'd done everything correctly. The second benefit of your report, and you probably wouldn't expect this to be one of the outcomes that you'd um, expect to see, but when we did the second simulation, I had to go back to the board of directors to say, we want to do a second one. And it's, yeah, you're going to lose production time because I'm going to simulate a fire this time and I've got people <laughs> yeah. burnt out in the yard. And we're going to have everyone out of the print shop and they're going to be standing in the street while we sort all this out. And are you happy to have the budget that I, I stop production? Um, and I had to give a presentation for it. And they said, mm, yeah, okay, that's, that seems like a good idea. And I said, would you like to read last year's report that you guys had developed? And they said, yeah. And I thought I was going to leave it with them in the room and they'll give me a call at some future date mm -hmm. to say, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead or we won't go ahead. But they started reading it there and then and then they couldn't put it down. And they were sort of turning the pages over and they got to the end and they said, right, go for it, it's done. So, so the decision the, was made in the, the meeting. It, it, it's done there and then. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it wasn't any need to think about it. I mean, my, I say my presentation was brilliant. It, guys, must, it, was, the that's, that's <laughs> it what, was all on the presentation. That's what did it. But the report made it, it gave it that professional atmosphere about what you guys had done. You weren't some people that had just been passing by and had come up with some ideas. You were professional. You were expert. You knew what you were talking about it. And you documented your findings so brilliantly that it was so a no-brainer. So the report itself, it's very kind of you to say so, but the report itself was actually comp compiled from various sources of data and information. So obviously we had our notes mm -hmm. from the simulation phase itself. And of course we had the plan and what we anticipated was going to happen. Yep. We had our kind of contemporary kind of field notes to, to add to that. Which included a timeline of events, I think. Which, which included useful. a timeline of events. So valuable. Which, which really showed, I mean, we were talking seconds mm. in terms of yeah. initial response, defib yep. on, etc. cetera, uh, for the second event. Um, we then, after the, the kind of action phase of the simulation came to an end, we had uh, an initial hot debrief, didn't we, with yep. everybody that was involved in the simulation. And 
we took we took some kind of you know anonymized notes from there in a kind of in a sort of a Chatham House kind of approach in that the principles of what I learned from this debrief can be used to improve the system, but we didn't attach anybody's name to yeah. any of the any of the comments. And then the kind of the next and the sort of last piece of information that we used to compile the report was the survey. So we sent a survey to all of the staff members involved at all tiers of the organization, yep. um, which were really useful. And some of the some of the the comments were really useful in terms of illustrating both the the individual's responsibility and the company's responsibility. But yeah, and also you know, some of the comments were around improvements and some of the ideas mm. following the simulation event were again profound. Yeah. yeah. So that was so that was what the body of the report and so it's 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 great that it was it was well received mm. but it's we we consider that to be a you know that's almost part of the debrief like the debrief for these events is kind of in m multiple stages there's the hot debrief that deals with any of the initial reactions and the kind of initial analysis with most people we then get the data and compile it and reflect on it and discuss it and then present it back to the board, which is basically what we did, isn't it? We brought it back in and we sat yep. down and we, we went through it with you. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> what informal information did you get from the team about the, because there's obviously always a line, a gap between mm. what people say on a survey and what they say in a debrief, and then what they say afterwards on the shop floor, unguarded. Yeah. yeah. What What did people really think? Did Did they? <laughs> you know, because like that, there's Gloves always a gap. Now. Gloves are off. What do people really say? Okay, if If I give you a, an honest answer, I'm just going to boost your ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try and dial it back a bit. <laughs> um, there's I, no. There's not enough room in here for my ego and Tony's biceps. Both Both, both this side of the table as well. <laughs> Um, I know all of the guys individually, so th they will come to me and give me their honest opinions if they thought something was good, if they thought something was bad. I was aware that they were coming up to me and giving me positive feedback, how much they enjoyed it, and did you see this, and did you, and look at that, and didn't we do this well? But when it came to the survey, they weren't so eager to put those thoughts down, possibly because a lot of our staff do not have access um, to, to the survey form. Okay. Um, so it meant that we had to print it off for them and they would have to go through and do it. And, and they were trying to do that whilst running print machines mm. or driving a forklift truck and all that kind of thing. So it wasn't high priority f for them to fill in the survey. But if I was walking through the building, they could call me over and they could give me their, their feedback. So I know that the, the, the informal feedback from the guys on the shop floor they loved it. Even now, they call out to me, when we have in the next one, um, they're, they're wanting the third simulation to happen <laughs> because everyone loves it. When it came to doing the surveys, I think not just your survey, but any survey in life, people will put it off until it's a convenient time in which to do it. So although you did get some um, replies, you probably didn't get as many yeah. as I would have wanted you to have received. Yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, yeah. it's understandable. Yeah. And I think next time as well, what we'll do is we'll, you know, obviously in, in collaboration with yourselves, we'll look to get university ethics approval because I think that there are findings from this, mm. these exercises that really demonstrate 
the surprising benefits of in situ simulation for for this type of safety critical kind of event. Yeah. Um, I was also really struck in the debrief by the that like thing that you've just said that that whole didn't we do well like it was it was this it was a very serious situation and yet there was this element of fun that they took out of it of this like genuine teamwork the, that that teamness that yeah, yeah you could tell everyone you know that we we all you know we debrief like we would normally we asked for some initial reactions and they were. I think they felt like they'd been put through their paces yeah, and, yeah, uh, you know, they yeah. said it was re- very realistic. Mm. Um, but the the teamwork towards it and the way that all members of staff, and that was particularly in the second scenario, there were a lot of people involved. Yeah. Uh, it was excellent to see and, and a credit to the organisation really was. Yeah. Mm. And for the people listening and watching this podcast, we perhaps should explain that when we did the debrief, there was probably, what, 20, 25 people mm. who were sitting in that room and listening to it. Um, and because you guys were there, we were sort of acting all professional. And, <laughs> and I imagine when they all went out of the office door, they were slapping each other on the back saying, we cracked that, didn't we? We've done a good job there, which they had done. They, they, they really amazing did. Job. Yeah, they really we were did. really impressed, weren't we? Both, both exercises. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we better start tying things up. So, Dave, just one last question before you go. So, what advice would you give to anyone who's considering doing a similar kind of on-site simulation event for an organisation to enhance the safety and reliability of their their company? Tony, I'm so glad you asked me that question because I wrote down what I wanted to say (laughs) because I I anticipated something like this would be coming up. Um, And I'd written here, My advice would be very simple. Given that there is nothing more precious than our own health and safety, can you really afford not to engage the service of these experts to alert you to possible threats and dangers before they happen? Now, any company who's considering whether or not to engage you guys, it is time and effort well spent. You are so professional in what you do. Your advice is brilliant. There is nothing more precious in this life than our own health. Um, we all want to go to work, do our jobs. We all want to go home safely. Mm. Um, you guys are the best that you can get when you come to this kind of advice. Does that answer the question? It does. Well, it's very, very eloquently. Thank very, you very, very much. kind of you to say that. And it was, um, I'm really glad that we, we've had an impact yeah. on your company. Um, it's, it's a real, it's, it's, when your your training and your and your skills kind of meet with your your kind of passion and your enthusiasm, that's when you really feel like you're achieving what you you yeah. know what you're achieving yeah. you know what you can and and to to know that it's had an impact on you yourselves on your company and on those workers is is a, is a great source of satisfaction hugely yeah seeing that meaningful change for me is is the most important aspect we can run a really fancy simulation that can be fun yeah but seeing that meaningful change from the organization and the people in it i think is the most powerful thing for me can you imagine what's going to happen now with any of our staff who leave our company and go elsewhere and they have to do a fire drill 
and it hasn't been sort of one of the on-site insights <laughs> simulations, they're going to be looking around thinking, is that it? I've just got to stand in the car park, wait five minutes and go back in the building. When I was at my other company, they did this, they did that, they set a man on fire, they fired him with a fire extinguisher. It was, a, it was a mannequin. It was, it was a it was simulation a, yeah, mannequin. Yeah. I think we just need to be yeah, make yeah. that quite, quite was, clear. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, but you you say that there, and, and that was that was something that really kicked the simulation off with a bang, didn't it? Yeah. You know, when yeah. when your when your colleague carried that crispy burnt mannequin out and chucked him on the floor and shouted, "Fire! Fire!" <laughs> And then put him out with that CO two extinguisher. <laughs> well, he wasn't on fire, but you it know, was used, pretty dramatic. It wasn't was, it yeah. was, it was such a, it was, yeah, it, it was, it was really authentic, and it really, I think, focused everyone into into action at that at that point. So yeah, it was great. So it was enormous fun. So thank you so much for coming in. And, yeah, thank um, you, Dave. My pleasure. Your your um, your your insights into into what we were able to provide your company um, hopefully are of benefit and of interest to to everyone listening on. So thank you uh, for listening on uh, to this episode of Simcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please like and subscribe to this podcast to keep in touch with all things higher education simulation. Thank you, everyone. See you in the next one. Bye-bye.